Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. You have to find ways to win. Um, And, you know, I've said for a while this team needs to score and get back to scoring and having that that mentality and that came through for us the other night uh but the the great thing is to play back to back and we know we need to play better tonight and we know we can play better i thought a lot of guys didn't look like themselves the other night and i think they'll be better and then uh you get to make some adjustments and i think we we based on the other day we can make a couple of adjustments that should help us and, of course, in that 5-2 win over the Flyers, they did have an adjustment in the lineup with Brandon Byro in the mix, and he mm-hmm. rewarded them with a two-goal performance. Lucas Rusek is up from Rochester and expected to play tonight as well. And Connor Clifton returns from a two-game suspension on the blue line. We suspect it will all happen in front of Uko Pekalukkanen as Buffalo Marty looks for a third straight win. Yeah, and uh, one of the big adjustments I believe the Sabres need to make, and it's great. First of all, you played the Flyers Wednesday uh, you won the game, but you won the game in a way that you felt like you you probably played a 50% game at best, I think. Like, other than the scoring of goals, mm-hmm. I think when you look at the uh, the play in all three zones and everything, probably it was a 50% type game, a 5 out of 10 maybe, and you win the game, 5-2, fine, you move on. But now you can make adjustments. You play them again. I think this is a great teaching time for Don Granado and his team mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're going to play the same team. Let's see if you can... Grasp the adjustments we want to make. First adjustment, can't give up unmanned rushes to the Flyers like you did on Wednesday night. Like, it just can't happen. So what does that mean? Is that defending in your defensive zone or is it defending in the offensive zone? No, it's defending in the offensive zone. Have somebody that's on the defensive side always reload. Don talks about reloading through the middle. Always have players in motion. That's that's what it takes. So players in motion leads to more jump. More jump leads to more offense. More offense leads to the other team doesn't have the puck and leads to a better game. 33% 33% shooting rate uh, against Philly in the first of this home-and-home set. Over if or if under. that continues, uh, I will uh, eat this 
uh, black and red cap. Be careful. On this station yeah. of WGR 550, yeah. Jeremy White once said that if yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights made the playoffs, he would eat a flip-flop. Yeah. Um, so he ate this flip-flop. It was a cake, and maybe we'll have to make a cap <laughs> out of cake for you. Well, obviously, I would like it if they scored at 33%. They've scored 19 goals in the last four games yes. in total. They've won three of those four. They've scored three or more in seven of the last eight to get the season average up to 3.2. And again, Rusek comes into the mix tonight, which is interesting and challenging from the Amherst side of things because uh, they're playing at home tonight against Utica. And let me quickly veer into the territory they find themselves <laughs> in. Byro and Rusek have been called up from the Amherst to the Sabres. They are without Mersh, mm-hmm. Murray, Weisbach, Kisikov, Noichev, and Warren. Yes. That is now eight forwards when you include the healthy Byro and Rusek. And then after tomorrow, they're going to lose Matt Savoy as well because Savoy's conditioning loan will end after mm-hmm. they wrap up their game uh, tonight in against Utica and tomorrow against Syracuse. So it's going to be quite the interesting lineup for the Amherst this evening. Uh, they do have Damian Giroux expected in the mix, and they have all of their defensemen playing in front of Dustin Tokarski for the first time this year. But here, obviously, is where our focus is. Yeah, and, and, and Rusek gets called up, right? And I think a lot of it is the timing. You just mentioned a couple more days for Matt Savoy's conditioning mm-hmm. stint in Rochester, and then we'll have to get called up. Now the Sabres have a game today and tomorrow, so you're looking, okay, Byro got to play a game Wednesday. He gets tonight and tomorrow most likely. We'll Rusek, hear from Brandon coming up here shortly. Yeah, Rusek gets tonight and tomorrow most likely. So now you're looking, okay, we've given players an opportunity to see where they're at mm-hmm. and evaluate them because Matt Savoy is going to need to either come up to Buffalo, play some games, or be sent to juniors, which I don't think it's it's going to happen just now. I think he'll come up to Buffalo and get a chance to play some games. But you have a little bit of a, a, a two-day buffer zone here where you can evaluate other players before you have to call up Savoy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great opportunity for Rusek and a continued opportunity for Byro. We'll talk to him uh, playing with uh, Thompson and uh, Greenway. And we'll get more on just the overall... Um you know, kind of view on these individual players and team philosophy tonight on our pregame coverage at 6.30 on MSG because GM Kevin Adams will give us an update as to just, you know, why they've made these moves here in wake of Benson and Comrie going on injured reserve Mm -hmm. with their lower body injuries. And, of course, Jack Quinn is still on there as well. So um, when you look at the opportunity for Rusek, it's impossible not to recognize what he did in his first NHL game, and that was score on his first shift last year. Uh, He ended up with two points in the two games that he played. And Seth Appert said this morning that the beauty of Rusek is that because of his very, very, very high offensive intellect, players in the lineup enjoy playing with him Mm -hmm. because they know he can find that right speed right away. Um, That's not an anomaly at all, but have have you noticed that over the course of your career when you get that right fit where, you know, some people, players in the room might not know a ton about him, but then as soon as he comes up to this level, it's like, oh, his instincts are really good here. Yeah, so one example that comes to mind is Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux was playing with the Philadelphia Phantoms. Mm -hmm. We knew he was a good player, but as soon as he got called up, you're like, well, this guy guy needs to stay here now. Like, we don't want to send him back. And Mm -hmm. I think there is 
uh, maybe a same feeling inside the locker room with Brendan Byro because he's a very high hockey sense type of player. Player loves playing with him. Lucas Rusek's the same way. Although I see Rusek as more of a um, 200-foot type player, maybe even more of a defensive responsible type player, mm. like in the role that I can see him developing. He has some physicality to his game. He's strong. He is really strong on pucks in all three zones. So, um, yeah, maybe like Byro got an opportunity to play with Thompson and Greenway right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Rusek probably won't get the same opportunity to play with, you know, a 47-goal scorer from last year. But Well, there was only one of them on the team, so in his defense, I would agree. But yeah. I think he's going to be playing with two extremely offensive players. Yes, so. which would be fine. But I think when you look at Rusek, for me, is his role right now with this team will always come more, in my opinion, from a defensive side of the mm-hmm. game, uh, maybe a well-rounded side of the game, go out and kill penalties side of the game because we know that you have the abilities to do, to do so. Where I see Byro more as a, well, play on an offensive line, maybe get some power play time. Like it's different, different evaluation for different players. Yeah, I think they're very similar in the roles that they could be put into. Um, and obviously, you don't want to tinker too much with the penalty kill. It's top five in the NHL right now, so the hope is that that continues. But the power play is the more interesting wrinkle here because it's still sitting at just 10% and is 0 for 7 in the last three games. So will the uh, incumbents be the ones to push it forward, or will there be newcomers that cause a little bit of a tweak and uh, some new wrinkles in all of this? But, you know, they're up against a flyer team that that um, undoubtedly laments not cashing in on the 40 shots on goal they had against Lukanen last game. They also lost their starting netminder Carter Hart to a mid-body injury. He's day-to-day. They lost their best overall player, Sean Couturier, to a lower-body injury. He's day-to-day. And the Flyers have lost three in a row in five of their last six. Yeah, the the Carter Hart situation we saw it play out in the last game he left halfway in the first period and you know the Sabres didn't muster much after Carter Hart left it actually coincided with the Sabres game disappearing yes almost like they felt oh we can relax now they got the Sam Urson in that and we're going to take advantage of it it didn't happen until the third period but it wasn't for a multiple shot attempts and all that it was just they had high rate of success in the few shots they got um, Sean Couturier didn't see that coming, right? right? You watch the game, you watch him play, you're like, oh, everything looks good, and now all of a sudden you hear he's day-to-day with the lower body. That's a big blow to the Flyers, in my opinion, uh, which they didn't have him all last year. Uh, they didn't have Cam Atkinson all last year mm-hmm. or most of the year. You're looking at you know, Couturier and Atkinson giving them a chance to really start building and rebuilding and getting the success, and now 50% of that duo that you're really looking at is uh, not going to be around for for tonight and possibly a few days. Quiet night in the NHL, just two on this Friday, but one of them happens right here at Key Bank Center as it is Philadelphia and Buffalo. Last night, 12 games. It's hard to feel like you win when watching the out-of-town scoreboard, but on a night when Tampa, Detroit, Carolina, Ottawa, Washington, and Montreal all picked up zero points and Toronto Mm -hmm. picked up just one, I think you would take that just about every night of the regular season. When you said quiet night in the NHL, 
I thought you meant last night. I was like, it was not, it was no. anything but quiet. But you, uh, you fool me with going with tonight first and going back to last. Well, night. I'm not going to fool you with this. A week from tonight, it's Hockey Fights Cancer yes. Night right here at Key Bank Center in partnership with our good friends at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. November 10th, 7 p.m. Minnesota Wild are the opponent, and of course. All fans in attendance will receive a Hockey Fights Cancer scarf, so you can get your tickets now at sabers.com slash HFC. Game three of Brandon Byro's career at the NHL level happens tonight. First time in black and red. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be exciting. It's fun to watch when they're wearing them, so uh, hopefully we can get another win. In a did he give you, like, brand-new gloves, brand-new pants, everything, or did you pick out some of the used stuff so it would be a little bit easier to uh, to break in? No, it's all new. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, cause a fuss about it. Whatever they gave me, I'll take. So. Yeah. Do you sense the, uh, sense the guys really like it, though, that there's some kind of difference when they put this on? Yeah, I mean, look good, feel good. So uh, I think the guys, the guys like them. So. You know what's funny is that before leaving for Philadelphia, I saw that, the team practice in black and red. And I'm thinking, wait, they're not wearing black. Is is this like trying to use the, the energy from the black and red that on Tuesday before leaving they actually wore it? Or is just, I know it was because it was going to happen, but mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like there's a different energy and you want to borrow from that now even when you're wearing royal and gold? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, didn't quite have the best game the other day, but, I mean, we got the <laughs> win, so true. I don't know. Maybe it was uh, – <laughs> Maybe it was the colors that, that helped us get the win, but I don't, I don't know for sure. So it's quite the journey between NHL games for you, uh, circling all the way back to that debut in Montreal and then to this most recent one in Philadelphia. Did you have family members at either, family and friends? Uh, not last night, but the one in Montreal, my parents and my aunt and uncle were able to make it. So. And what about tonight? Uh, both my parents are going to come tonight. So. Fantastic. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Alberta, from Alberta. Yeah, from Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Good, good, do they good. do they get nervous? And and I look. My brother played. He was a defenseman. I was a goalie. I think my parents loved it when my brother played because they could relax. When I played, they got very nervous. But everybody's different. How do your parents react to you playing uh, and and watching you sometime live, sometime on TV? I think they get really nervous. Okay. Uh, my dad likes to pretend like he doesn't. I think, but he I know he does. At least what my mom says. So. I mean, watching, you get real nervous. Even when I'm in the stands watching, I get nervous. When yeah. I play, I don't. So it's, something about it's watching. It's worse watching, like, your team, your teammates when you're on the outside. I, I felt I got nervous more on the bench as a backup than I did in games. But, um, I, I mean, yeah, being a parent, I think that would uh, that would be nerve-wracking. First NHL game, first NHL goal, I'd be losing my mind. Were they involved much, um, you know, either coaching, administratively, in your upbringing in hockey? Were they part, were big parts of the teams that you played on? Yeah, my dad coached me yeah. probably, I don't know, maybe three or four times throughout my, my career. And then spring hockey, he would coach too. So uh, he didn't play, and yeah. I don't know how much he actually knows about hockey. <laughs> Uh, no, he knows a decent amount, but uh, he he did coach me, coach me growing up. Now the 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 trick thing with parents coaching is that kids usually don't listen to the parents; they listen to everybody else. It doesn't matter if you know you played a ten year career in the NHL or if you were a high school hockey player. They don't listen to their their parents. Did you listen to your dad when he coached, or did they have to have somebody else sp- send the message through, like an assistant coach, to you? Uh, no, he would talk to me, but I would probably talk back to him uh not like i would to anyone else so 
I think if I was playing good, he said something, maybe I'd be a little more receptive to it. But if I wasn't playing good, he said something, I don't know. Sometimes it would be a little different than it. Dad, what have you done else. in your hockey career, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Look at me. <laughs> That's exactly how I would go. You have, you have siblings that uh, are into sports? Yeah, I have a younger brother who plays uh, NCAA hockey, so okay. Okay. Yeah, nice. get to watch him. Was, and was he coached by, by your dad? Yeah, my, he coached. <laughs> He coached my brother, too, yes. Nice. And nice. where does he play? He's at uh, AIC. Okay, okay. So he's in this uh, Atlantic Hockey Conference, right? Yeah. AIC. So he, is he, have you seen him play in can you, against Canisius or Niagara or RIT or anybody? Uh, no, unfortunately, I haven't. Okay. So I, I mean, in Rochester, we always play every Friday, Saturday, and yeah. that's when uh, – that's when they play. So, I mean, hopefully if the scheduling works up, I haven't really looked out. But. That's that's cool. Is he, uh, is he a forward? Yeah, he's a forward as well. Okay. Is he looking up to you and you're giving him tricks, or is he on his own? No, I think it kind of goes both ways. Okay. Uh, he's got some good skill, too, so when I watch him, I try to, you know, learn what I can. And, that's good. you know, he asks me questions, so we kind of go back and forth. So it's a, it's a good relationship for that. I like that. And Carter Hart was on your team. As a teenager, yeah, you scored your first goal against him. The yeah, other yeah, it was uh, pretty funny how how that works out, and um, you know he was one of my good buddies growing up, and yeah, and it was funny how yeah the first one was on him. Amazing, it's just amazing how the journey can go around like that. And Sam Steele was a big high scoring teammate of yours back in the day too. Sam yeah, right? yeah, Sam and I played together for a couple of years. Um, actually, played uh, spring hockey with Jost for. Five or six years. He was actually one of my best friends growing up, so it's kind of funny how it all comes full circle. Yeah. That's good. Now, walk me through your first goal. You talked about how Tage went in the corner and gave it a shoulder check, and you said, I got to find a spot in front of the net. But I use the, the, the term Jedi mind trick a lot, like when it comes to goaltending, and you, you, know, you think you're beaten, but you almost guide the puck into your glove. Did you watch the puck come up front and, like, wheel it to your stick? Because it wasn't going to your stick. It was going to the right side, which would be the wrong side for you. And then it catches Carter Hart's stick, and it goes to the right side for you to be able to put it in. So did you, like, stare that puck down and wheel it over to your stick? Did I wheel it over? I wish I could say that I had that, that ability, but honestly, it was just lucky. I don't even know. I don't know if a bounce like that's ever happened for me. So. Oh, well, there's always a, a first thing for everything. Yeah, Why complain. don't you ask him about time of possession from the other night? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I dug in a really cool stat yesterday looking at possession time in the offensive zone. You scored two goals against Philly. You had the puck for three seconds on your stick in the offensive zone. Are you a puck possession guy or are you just uh, it's on my stick and then it's gone right away <laughs> i mean three seconds of possession would say that i'm not but <laughs> i'd like to be a little more than three seconds so hopefully we can get that number up a little bit more tonight yeah it was an anomaly i mean that was yes. that's why marty was looking through the whole thing as you said it wasn't it wasn't the type of game necessarily that you would have loved as a team but you get the w so what is it like now that the group has won a couple in a row you i think very clearly have woven yourself into this group by your preseason play and then now coming right back up. So what does it feel like expectation-wise when you you know you get back into another one tonight? Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I you know feel pretty comfortable here, so mm-hmm. I don't really want to set my ex- expectations too high or anything. And since I feel comfortable, I'm just going to go in and play how I always can play. And it's pretty easy when you're playing with, with Tomer and Greener, so yeah. Um, I just try not to mess up. Basically, that's that's what I think. He looks pretty good too. On huh? this thing's kind of healed yeah, up now after up a, a little uh, bit. Uh, nice uh, little scar there, though. It's tough to shave around the, the 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 nose and the top lip scar there. Yeah, it's a little tough. Uh, it was healing up nice. I got stitches out. Then first game of the season in Rochester, first shift, I got high sticked again, and oh. 
cut the whole thing open. I had to get stitches again, so it's been a bit of a, a process, but uh, it's healing up. Let me ask you, you talk about Rochester. Now you get called up, and you come into the locker room. What? When's the first time you saw Byro Thompson Greenway on the board, and what did that feel like? Because not a lot of people get called up and then get put in that situation. Usually you maybe get you know 10 minutes on the fort line, whatever, you work your way up. What was that when you saw your name with Thompson and Greenway? That was pretty cool. Right when I got here, I, I ran into Donnie in the in the breakfast room, and you know he said, uh, "I'm going to put you with Tom and Greeny if uh, you're right with that." <laughs> no, I mean, no, yeah, I know. I had to think about it for a few seconds. So yeah, you know, I could probably probably fit in there. So no, it was it was pretty cool to you know to get an opportunity with those guys, and you know that's why I think this organization is so great. You know, I just get called up, and you actually get put into to some meaningful minutes. So it's. Uh, It's been really cool for me. Take advantage of the opportunity once again and uh, put on a show for your parents too, okay? I'll try. Thank you. Brandon Byro has two goals in one game this year. Two shots on goal in that game against Philadelphia. He looks to keep it going tonight. And we just encourage you to get involved in the game and hopefully fall in love with it. Hockey instruction through Learn to Play for kids four to nine years old. You can receive head-to-toe hockey equipment and six weeks of on-ice instruction from certified coaches. Join today at sabers.com slash learn to play. It's a great program. You know all about it, Marty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just talking to Brandon there and knowing his brothers in year four of his, uh, you know, collegiate path at age 23. It's just another reminder that no one knows what is the next step on the journey. And for Byro, undrafted, you know, Lucas Rusek, well down on the draft totem pole in his draft year. Um, I kind of like where the group is at right now, being able to, Evaluate certain players while at the same time you can never know 100%, but you can be quite confident in what you also have in the system. So this is an interesting window the team finds itself in. And one thing that we've talked about a lot about over the last few years is the amount of number one draft picks that the Sabres have had, right? The Yuri Kulik and, you know, the Matt Savoy and the Zach Benson and Roseanne and, yes, Owen Power. And you look at all – but. It, it gets you to a place, yes, a first-round pick, you may get an opportunity that somebody else may not get early. Mm-hmm. But when you're in Rochester or in juniors or college, mm-hmm. you are in charge of your own opportunity. Yeah. Make it, right? Brandon Byro, undrafted, comes into Rochester, earns himself a role and the confidence that, wow, he could be really, really good player with the Buffalo Sabres. There, there you go. You get a call-up two years ago. Last year would have gotten a call up yes. at the end of the season. He was injured, unfortunately. Now he gets he gets the first call up this year. Rusek the same thing. So yeah, I mean Kulik and Roseanne and Savoy are still in Rochester, and yeah, they have a game tonight. They have a game tomorrow. They're playing as a line, but other opportunities are there for players that maybe don't have the draft pedigree. But it doesn't matter. Once you're uh, a pro, you make your own path. We've uh, got a rotating live studio audience today as we are located near the Sabres store, and we're seeing buses and buses and buses come in, which means tournament time at Harbor Center. Yes. And my palms get a little sweaty just thinking with anticipation what those days were like when you got out of school early and were able to head to a weekend hockey tournament. So I'm hopeful that there's a little bit of a carryover energy-wise, in the building tonight. Look, it's There was black, a practice it's, this morning. It's black and red, right? So there's already going to be this buzz because the Sabres are 12-1-1. But when you get that influx of uh, a youth hockey tournament next door, 
Should be a great weekend. You know they're going to be trying to get on the uh, jumbo trunk during the game. <laughs> yes, and they're going to be dancing their yes, way yes. into some, uh, you know, 15 seconds of fame. But I did stop by the bench this morning during the Sabres optional morning skate, and there was a hockey team right behind the bench, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, who are you? I'm like, ah, you don't want to know who I am. And they're like, what's your name? Marty. Are you a player? <laughs> I used to. Then they're grilling me, right? So I'm grilling well, them. <laughs> I'm asking, you have a tournament next door? What's your position? How many goals to score this year? Who's the goalie? Like, I'm going back at them, and we had a fun little exchange. But you're right. Those kids that are loving these weekend tournaments mm-hmm. bring so much energy, even to a morning skate when they're just standing behind the bench. Just like Shana Goldman, and she's straight ahead here on Sabres Live, there does appear to be, I don't want to say grave concern, but definitely concern about the warmth of uh, yours truly here. When the, the doors open. No, 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 no. But the, here's the thing. You are the one that actually complained about the cold yes. here today. I've actually been in a good place, but everybody thinks that because of what I'm wearing, I'm in a bad place. I was just ready to try to find as much black and red as I have. So I went with the new goat head cap and the uh, Sudbury dinner jacket, look. as it's uh, com- commonly jacket. referred to in northern Ontario. That is but, awesome. Uh, um, oh, look, there's our friend Amber from Community Relations. Yes. And uh, that, so, it's look, we're, we are in a great place here as we get set for this one tonight. And I know Byro was on the outside of it, having not lived in the black and red experience mm-hmm. yet. But this thing, conti- do you think we should be asking the general manager tonight whether they can change their schedule well, and, and <laughs> as far as how often they want to wear black and red I, I think would that be uh, inappropriate i i don't think he uh he can make that call right now the league mm-hmm. is very strict on those type of things but funny enough i asked brendan byro about the new pants the new gloves and everything yeah on the ice this morning devin levi was wearing his royal and gold equipment that he will be wearing tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so knowing that maybe they may not be a morning skate. Are you sure they weren't to, Devin Cooley's? They were not Devin Cooley's. He took his pants and his gear with him. But I looked because UPL was sitting on the bench just chatting a little bit, and he had his you know black and red gear all set up, and it looks great. And yeah. I looked at Devin Levi, and he's got his royal and gold blue pants and everything, and yeah. I'm thinking – He's thinking of tomorrow night. Uh-huh. He wants to get his equipment yep. feeling right for tomorrow night, which would tell me UPL tonight, Levi tomorrow night. Fifth straight appearance for Uko Pekalukanen tonight, and he is uh, doing very well as a starter so far. He's 3-0 and in his yep. four decisions on the season. Great contractual news shared by the Bandits moments ago. This oh. is their house after whose house? It's uh, their house and yes. a five-year contract for none other than the Great Dane. This is a big deal. These are deals you do not see of this length in this league, and that is amazing for the future outlook of this current championship squad. Should we bark because it's a Great Dane? No, but I have a feeling the Bandits are going to be woven throughout the evening tonight at the arena because um, uh, their camp begins tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. Very, very much I feel uh, like for that. We should Championship all, vibes, baby. We should all be barking all at once to congratulate <laughs> the great Dane uh, in his new contract. He's not only a fantastic lacrosse player, but what a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so popular yes. every time he steps on that 
field and uh, the fans love him. Humble superstar is what he is, and multiple-time league MVP, and just one of the biggest reasons why the Bandits now yes. have a fifth championship ring. Shana Goldman, our Friday staple, is next here on Sabres Live. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.